Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. And Mitchell Hunter is going to be sharing a message called Defying the Odds. So would you welcome him as he comes to the stage? Mm -hmm. Sweet. Thank you all. Oh, you left me a mic too. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you can have that right back. Moving up in the world. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much. Don't they do an amazing job of transition? Come on. Jade and Luke, they kill it. They bring the energy levels. They get me nice and hype. It might have been Ella's drink in the cafe. I don't know what it was called. It has sugar, though. That's all I know. I might be bouncing around a little bit. If I crash, someone just picked me up off the ground, okay? Um, but no, amazing. And it's so good to see the youth band on stage. That's our youth band. We get that on Friday nights. We are so blessed. Amen? At this church, like, there is some serious talent in this building. Like, that youth band is amazing. They even slipped in an extra little something-something at the end. Yeah, yeah. First service afterwards, you know, I was up on the stage, and I was getting near Joel Berg, this guy over here, and I was coming close, and he's like, what you trying to do? I was like, what do you mean? What are you doing? He's like, dude, get off the stage. I was like, what's, like, what's happening? He's like, dude, it's a surprise. I was like, all right, you're acting really sketch right now, so I'm just going to get off the stage, but don't do anything crazy, right? But no, they pulled out a little champion at the end. That was great. Super good. Amazing. So today, yes, I have the privilege. My name is Mitchell. I am the Youth and Young Adults Director here. Um, I have the privilege of speaking to the graduates today and honoring them. It's so amazing. You know, first service, we did our grade eight grads. and this service, we're celebrating our senior youth, which is our grade 12, going into, yeah, college, university, working, um, and then also our college and university graduates too. So Super excited, um, super amazing. I see some of your faces, yeah. Dio, come on, let's go, bro. Hey, big shout out, I got you. Yeah, hiya, you'll get there soon too. Um, <laughs> um, no, we're super excited though to celebrate um, today. It's gonna be amazing, super excited, but let's just uh, jump into prayer before we start. God, I just thank you for your presence that's here today. God, I thank you for the word that you've given me that you placed on my heart. I thank you, Jesus, that, you know, it's your word speaking out. I thank you that I'm just a vessel today. God, I pray that each and every person in the sound of my voice, whether they're on live stream or they're here in person, that they would be blessed, Father God, by the words that you have that are tailored exactly for them. And I pray that we would keep our hearts um, open, Father God, and our eyes just glued in on what you have to say to us today. I thank you that no one is going to miss out today that you have something for each and every person in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. So like I said, I get to talk and honor the graduates today. And I just want to start by beginning, you know, saying like, it's been a crazy couple years, right? If I'm talking to graduates, like you would say like the pandemic has made things very tricky. It has not made things easy to be a student. It's very difficult. And I'm sure having conversations, I've had conversations one-on-one -on -one with them, there are some stressful times. There are some difficult things. There are some things that no one had the answer to, but God. God was the only one that could comfort and be there in those difficult and tough seasons that they walked through. So I want to talk a little bit about that before I begin, though. I want to share a story that I shared first service too. And just um, while I was planning this message, just 
this like story kept popping in my mind. So I was like, all right, I think it's meant to be shared here today. But uh, I remember when I was 14 years old and I was playing uh, hockey um, for the Essex Ravens and I was playing house league. Um, I felt like I was in the NHL, but um, I wasn't. Um, but we were playing house league game and it was semifinal game and we were playing against um, Bell River. And this was like, a team that like, just was like, they were like thromping teams. They were beating them like just crazy 6-0, 7-0, all these teams and they're beating them. And we had a tight battle all series long. We were going like neck and neck. We would always lose though. And so we would lose by like a point. And so we're like, that's it. When it counts, we're gonna get them. But like, so it got to this place we're playing them. It's a semifinal game. There's like four minutes left in the game. Um, and three of our guys are, no, sorry, two of our guys are in the box and three of our guys on the ice and we're down four to two and they have five against three. Okay. So paint this picture in mind. It's not looking good for my team. I'm a little bit like what's going on. The ref made a couple soft calls. We got penalties, not a big deal. It's okay. Um, but we're in a place where I'm like, man, how can we win this game right now? I'm just thinking, and I had to go through the mental process myself first of thinking, we can do this. We can do this. And looking at the clock, looking at the ice, looking at the clock, and it's just, I was so fueled because, too, there was actually a little bit, because the goalie on the other team, he was like kind of just chirping the whole game. For those that don't know, that just means it's just like making fun of, teasing, colorful language, all those things, the whole game, the goalie was just coming at us, especially me for some reason, he had my number. But like, he was just going at me the whole game. And so I was like, no, that's it. That fueled the fire. I was like, this is it. Like we are gonna win this game. And I looked at my team and I brought the people nice close to me. And I looked at them and I said, we're not losing this game. We need two goals right now. And then we'll figure the rest out in overtime. But we just need two goals. Okay, we need to start. Like, let's get on the board. Two goals quick. They won't know what happened. And so we did just that. I got the, I actually scored both two goals. Um, but they, my team helped though. I'm not taking all the credit because my team was there and they were helping me out. But I scored two goals. And then I might've said something back to the goalie. Um, got an unsportsmanlike, you know, nothing too crazy. We're not gonna talk about that though. Um, but I might've said a couple of things. Um, but then I got thrown in the box. Then we went into overtime and we ended up winning. Pretty crazy. Needless to say, yeah. 14 year olds just won the Stanley Cup. Um, it felt like um, something Toronto couldn't do, but I'm still supporting them. I'm even a Toronto fan, but I still have to own it. I just embrace I have to ask you, Pastor RJ. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I had to do that second service. Um, but yeah, so we ended up winning, but the point in this story too is that though, in that difficult time, there was a moment where I could have thought to myself, there's no way we can do this. There's no way like we can possibly win. We should just give up. We should just go home. We should just get off the ice. Why should we keep playing? But no, my thought process was different. My thought process was this. What do we have to lose? We can lose the game, but if we're going to lose this game, I want to be able to say when I got off the ice, I did everything I could in my power. I gave everything I had. When I, when, I, when I sit in that dressing room, I want to be the one that's exhausted because I just couldn't breathe because I just kept going out and kept fighting and battling hard, right? I said this first service, but I'm gonna say it again to you, is that God wants to put some fight back in his people. We're not rolling over anymore. There is a fight, right? And we're gonna rise up. We're not gonna back off and be afraid and say, you know what, look, the odds are against us. No, we're going forward in victory. Amen? Amen.
Yeah, come on. So I want to share some stats with you really quick. Um, just kind of about what's been going through, you know, the, our youth and our young adults and just the craziness, like I talked about, of the pandemic and what it's done. Uh, so Statistics Canada indicated that one in four Canadians age 18 and older screened positive for symptoms of depression, anxiety, or post-traumatic stress disorder in 2021. Um, so that's compared to one in five in the fall of 2020. And that, these are just stats that are reported. Who knows the ones that are not? There's so much more. Um, only 40% of youth aged 15 to 24 in Canada reported having excellent or very good mental health in 2020. Nearly one in four hospitalizations for children and youth aged 5 to 24 were for mental health conditions in 2020. Eating disorders were 1.6 times higher in 2020 compared to 2019 for females aged age 10 to 17. In 2019, more than half of youth aged 12 to 17 viewed their mental health differently than their parents did, and nearly two-thirds rated it less positively than their parents. Around one quarter of affected Canadian children receive mental health services, and it's usually for those severely, severely impaired, which is a big need, big lack. In Canada, 5.7 million children, youth in elementary and secondary school have been impacted by school closures in 2021. Parents have been offered the choice to have their children learn online or in person or a little bit of both, the hybrid ones. Um, and some of the top threats when I was looking at Raising Canada 2021 were unintentional and preventable injuries like poisoning, drug overdose, and alcohol. Um, poor mental health, so less social interaction, less social supports, and more screen time. Systemic racism and discrimination, child abuse, poverty, food and nutritional insecurity, infant mortality, bullying, and limited physical activity and play. And I, I want to clarify to you guys and to let you know, I'm not listing these things to like scare anyone, to give you just a ton of information just to give it to you. I'm trying to make you aware, just a snippet of what the youth and young adults have been going through. Like this is just a, a fraction because, you know, you guys were the ones that lived it. You know, you guys were the ones in school for those that I'm talking to right now. And you each, the thing is too, you can't collectively put them all in one basket because every single person is unique and every single experience that they've been going through has been different. Some have had more interaction than others and others have had completely none. And so we can't put everyone in the same basket, but it's just to give you an idea today as we celebrate the graduates, we don't take this service lightly. And so I thank you to Pastor RJ Mayer for letting me speak to the graduates and just believing in the younger generation. Like, because it's so critical and vital, you know, this is something to celebrate because we've had so many talks and there's people that haven't made it to this day. There's young people that just couldn't last. They couldn't make it. They couldn't live another day. They said, what is living? What is life? What is there for me? If I can't get out of this mess, I, I'm stuck. And so there's people that aren't here today. And so it is so important to say, to hug those around you, to love those around you, to see the children and the youth and to celebrate their accomplishments. There's so many times that we can tear them down. There's so many opportunities to say, but you did this. But what about the opportunity to say, thank you so much for just completing school. Thank you so much for going to class. Thank you so much for just getting up and getting out of bed every day because I know it's been difficult. Because I know for me personally, if you know, 
in school, like sports was like my big outlet. Like it was my thing. If I wanted to like release like energy, like and get rid of all these like crazy things, if I was frustrated, whatever, sports was my go-to. And having that taken away, I don't know where I would be. I don't know if I would be here. I don't know if I'd be in this place, on this stage at this moment, because it was an outlet for me. But like, that's one example. But these youth and these young adults, they got those outlets taken away. They were forced to find new habits, to find new ways to interact, to go online, but it's not the same. If you've been online at all and had Zoom calls or FaceTimes or whatever, they've done it all and it's not the same. These guys, most of them have had to teach themselves because the teachers even are learning and trying their best, a lot of them, but it's so difficult. So a lot of these guys, they've had to put in the effort to finish school. And for parents too, I know there's been a big strain because it's difficult. It's hard to balance your schedules, to help your kids, to meet them where they're at, to know what they're going through because it's impossible to know what they're going through unless you're in their shoes. And they've lived it, they've experienced it. So I'm gonna talk to you know, the graduates today because this is huge. This is a major accomplishment. We just celebrate you and we honor you today. But I also too don't want anyone to miss out in this service because the word that I have today is for everyone. It's not just for the graduates, it's for every single person, including myself. God was speaking to me like I think the most in this and just opening my eyes up. And, but I want to look at Joseph. I want to look at Joseph. First service I said, the book of Joseph. I saw one person just flip the first page of their Bible and I said, stop. So we're going to look in Genesis 37. Don't try to find Joseph. You won't find the book. Um, You can set my challenge if you want, but you're going to come up empty handed every time. Um, But um, Genesis 37, we're going to talk about Joseph because Joseph, I feel like really is just, he pinpoints like some things that I think are super important for the graduates today. And for every single person in the sound of my voice, super important to carry you forward to what God has. So there's three key points that I want to talk about to defy the odds. You know, to defy the odds, to go against the grain of what people expect, right? To break through, even when there's pressure um, and multiple things that come your way. So three things, we're going to talk about them. And then we have a special thing at the end of service. But I want to start off with the first point is dare to dream. Dare to dream. So many people will tell you to be realistic and stop dreaming, but God uses dreams to communicate his will, reveal his plans, and to announce future events. God uses dreams. God gives people dreams. So I don't know who this is for today, but really tune your ears in because there's a lot of people in the sound of my voice where you've stopped dreaming. And I said this first service, that God gave me a download during worship to say that the enemy has tried to steal the dreams of the youth and the young adults. He's tried to snuff them out. He's tried to steal them because he knows if he can take their dreams, he's trying to steal their hope and trying to make them forget who they are. And God is saying that he's giving people the ability to dream again, to start again, because some people have forgotten a dream because you know, When you're in survival mode, you don't dream. When you're stuck in, you know, a pandemic or before the pandemic even, it's just the pandemic hasn't caused all this stuff. There was lots of things before. So when you're stuck in survival mode though, and you're just trying to get through, you don't think about dreaming about one day I would like to be this. One day you think, how can I get through the pressure of now? 
How can I just get through today? How can I get, just get through these last few minutes, these seconds? How can I just get through to the other side? And you lose that ability to dream that God has blessed us with. And I want to look at Genesis 37, verse 5 to 11. Throw that up on the screen. So it says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Joseph received a dream. I want to tell you guys, he had a couple dreams, but they weren't fulfilled right away. It wasn't like Joseph had those dreams and he woke up the next day and they came to pass. There was a lot of time that passed between when Joseph received the dream until it was fulfilled. Amen? It wasn't in a day. So I want to say this to you guys, because if your dreams do not come to completion tomorrow, don't give up on them or try to force your way to make that happen. Keep seeking God. That's so huge. It's so many times we'll take the power into our own hands and saying, God, you said this was for me. And so I'm just going to push, keep pushing this door that seems to be shut until I bust it open. Until this door busts open, I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and doing it myself. I'm going to make it my own. But God, if God's given you a dream, then seek him and in his timing, it will come to completion. Seek him. No, don't take things into your own hands. And I want to say this, I told this first service too, um, this story about when I was little, you know, I was like probably six years old and um, my mom and I, we just we talked and I always just wanted to go to Israel. Like I always just heard, I remember like listening to people going on Israel trips and I just remember I was like, man, I want to go to Israel. I want to like have the opportunity to walk where Jesus walked, to have the Bible come to life and just to be there and just to, you know, picture it like in my mind. And so I just, like I started raising money. I started like, I filling, I filled this like little like plastic jar um, and I put money in there and just kept putting money in there when I was little. And sometimes, you know, uh, I might've taken some money out and bought some candy, but uh, we don't talk about that. Um, but I just kept putting money in there. And, but eventually I stopped. Eventually there was a time period where I just forgot about the dream. I forgot about the dream I had and I continued on. In the back of my mind, I still wanted to go to Israel, but I, I didn't kind of push for it as much. I didn't kind of say, God, what, God, when's your time? And God, what are you doing? But in grade 12, with Luke and Jade actually, um, we had the opportunity to go to Israel uh, on a trip for school. And I was so just excited and it was so amazing. But the trip meant more to me because for me, I looked back and I said, God, you answered the prayers of a little boy the dreams of a little boy, excited and just dreaming one day to go to Israel. And for that trip, it meant way more than just what we went for. I could have probably, you know, as soon as I found where we were going, I just like, I almost was like satisfied there because I was so excited, you know, that God remembered. And that, you know, it, it's just, it fills me with tears to remember that, you know, God cares so much about you 
that he remembers the dreams you had, the dreams that you forgot about, the dreams that no, you never told any single person, the dreams that were so private and so intimate, but Jesus remembered them. And he's like, hold up, just wait. Just keep being obedient in your assignment. Keep trusting me and watch and see what I do. And that to me was a testimony of just who God is, the love that he has. That even when I forget, even when I move forward, even when I make mistakes, God brought me back to that place to remember the dreams of a little boy and to not forget to dream. To not forget to dream. And then I wanna talk about the next point on dreams is be selective who you share your dreams with. Be selective, right? We look at the story of Joseph and I mean, Joseph kind of did this to himself, but 17 year old little like cocky Joseph, as I like to think about it, like this guy was like walking in and he's like, hey bros, guess what? I'm gonna rule over you. Y'all wanna get down the ground right now? You wanna bow down? Like just Joseph, uh, this demeanor, he was young, he was learning, he was growing. But at this time he had this like kind of like young cocky swagger to him. And he was just like walking around and telling his brothers and what did his brothers do? They weren't like, oh man, guys, guess what? Our little brother wants to rule over us. Doesn't that sound awesome? No, what sibling wants to do that? How many siblings in the house today? Like if, if you were like, if some one of your siblings was to say that to you, you'd be like, yeah, dream on, man. Yeah, one day, actually, you know what? I think I'm gonna rule over you. And so like you go back and forth with it, but it's crazy uh, in this sense, because Joseph, like he just, at this time, he was arrogant, he was prideful. He just threw it out there. He was just young. But my thing to you guys is be selective with who you share it to because Joseph's story could have ended up differently. You know what I mean? Joseph's story could have ended up way different because of the fact if he would have shared it with people who God told him to share it with. Or maybe God said, hey, it's just for me and you. So I just encourage you guys, please be selective with who you share your dreams with. It's so important because they can cause division and chaos. Sharing it with a person in the wrong timing can cause so much division, so much chaos. So I encourage you, Joseph's story could have looked different, but even for you guys, is if God tells you to share a dream, then share it. But I encourage you, instead of going to other people to ask, hey, what is this dream? What does this dream mean? Ask God. Seek God himself because he wants to tell you. He wants to show you. Um, and don't let others, you know, deter you from the dreams God has placed inside of you. See, Joseph was sold into slavery and there was a moment there where it could have been all over. It could have been, Joseph, that's it, we're done. Um, you're in slavery now, the dreams are silenced. If I was Joseph, that might've been the end of my dreaming. I might've been like, I'm not dreaming no more because I remember when I dreamed before, it hurt me. It burned me. I remember when I dreamed before that, you know, God, you weren't there. You weren't real. When really, it's just because the flesh took over and Joseph shared at the wrong time. The next point I wanna say is trust God with your whole life. This seems so basic, but it's so real and so true for all, everyone in the sound of my voice. Seek the creator of dreams over the dreams. You gotta seek the one who gives you the dreams over the dreams themselves. Because you've, you put your faith and reliance in just the dreams, you will be disappointed. 
you will be hurt. If you're clinging to just a dream that God gave you, if I was stuck there at a six-year-old and I was just like, man, God, every single day asking and asking and asking and just getting frustrated and frustrated, there would come to a place where I might get to a place where I'd say, God, you're not real. God, you don't like me. Clearly, you're upset with me or something's happening, right? Because I trusted in the dream more than I trusted in God. It's so important that your hope and faith is in God because we can all have some weird dreams. There's some dreams that I'm sure we can go around and be like, man, I had a dream like I was just riding a buffalo and like there's some crazy things a brain can do. It, could, it can be that you had some spicy food or something the night before. We're not going to go there. Um, but just because things aren't going the way you imagine, right, and the timing you planned or you're experiencing challenging time does not mean that God isn't working on your behalf or that he hates you. doesn't mean that at all. God loves you. Joseph experienced being hated by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused of committing adultery, and spent some time in prison because of it. Does that sound like a life that, you know, someone who is like serving God and had a relationship with him, he went through that? Yes, he did. Is it promised that we'll have a care, careless, carefree walk where it's like sunshine and rainbows as to, you know, we accepted Christ, so now it's got to be easy, right? Did anyone sign up for that? I might have thought at one time I did. But then I looked at Jesus and the sacrifice he made, and he did that for all of us, and that we're going to go through difficult times, but to know that our hope and trust needs to be fully in God in every single area, because he will pull us through. So Joseph, he placed his full trust in God, right? He helped save his family from a famine, all because of his trust in God and knowing that, you know, starting in a well where his brothers threw him and then sold him off. And then he got sold to Egypt and he was under the, the, the captain of the guard and he was in a place, you know, he, he went through these trials and these tribulations, but throughout it all, we see his relationship with God. We see the story unfold, which leads me um, to the next point, character over position. That's like a huge like point. When God shared that with me, that was something that was just like super eye-opening because we always picture, you know, I got to get there. I got to arrive. You know, there's a better job. This job right here is just a stepping stone, all right? I know for school, like I need to get here. I need to get there. And there's always something that we want, a position or something. And Joseph did not just arrive at his position of becoming second in command of all of Egypt under Pharaoh just in a moment. It didn't happen. Joseph's story is a journey. Joseph's story is a process of struggling and dealing and wrestling like a lot of us through the thoughts of God, like, what are you doing? God, what's happening? And daily having to go back to God and probably say, God, I trust you no matter what's happening. God, I trust you and die to the flesh and die to the flesh and die some more. What everyone wants to hear, right? See, teenage and cocky Joseph in Genesis 13 was not ready to run a palace or save Egypt and his family from a famine. Who you are becoming while you're waiting is more important than your, what you're waiting for. Yeah, that is good. That is a good word. That is huge because all the time, you know, we want to get to this position over here. We always want to get from A to B, Right? But we don't want to take the time. We don't have to go through the process to get to be. We want to arrive there. We want to be there, right? And so it's so important to know 
We miss out on so much of what God's wanting to do because it's not about just arriving at this position. It's a process to get there of what God is doing and shaping your character and maturing who you are. If you arrive too early at the, the plans and the purposes God has for you, but you like speed the process and you're like, God, I'm just, I'm going anyways. You won't be able to sustain it. You'll get to this place and you'll end up in the palace and it's like 17 year old Joseph, if you were there in his position with that mentality of pride and arrogance, you would be at a place where you wouldn't be able to steward what God had called you to experience, to steward later. You wouldn't be at a place to steward it because you're not ready, because you're not mature. See, Joseph had the opportunity to sleep with Potiphar's wife and he could have been like, no one will find out it's just one time. If we look at Genesis 39, verse seven to 12, but instead he says, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? In verse nine, Joseph could have told the cupbearer and baker in the jail that dreams don't matter. I've thought about this a bunch too. It's like, cause the cupbearer, he helped him to, he interpreted his dream. The cupbearer went back to Pharaoh and started working for him again. But Joseph said to him, hey man, tell Pharaoh about me when you go see him. And the cupbearer forgot. The cupbearer went free and he forgot all about Joseph. And so Joseph spent another couple years in prison and the cupbearer was free and could have said something. If I was to get out, I don't know about you, but that 17 year old Joseph probably would have been like, yo, cupbearer, you're going back in prison. Once I get out, you're done because you forgot about me. And so we don't make two mistakes, right? I helped you, you helped me. If not, sorry, you're gone. And there could be bitterness, revenge, a lot of hurt, Joseph could, have, Joseph could have refused to serve his family food during the famine or had them all made slaves or even killed them, but he didn't. If 17-year-old Joseph was in the palace, the story would have ended differently. The story would have looked very differently because he would not have went through the steps it took to get him to that place to make him the leader that he was. He had to go through the process of humbling Lots of humility in this story. First Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. See, Joseph didn't try to force stuff. God elevated him. And all of his story blessed everyone around him. He was able to reach so many more people because he didn't force his dream, because he gave his dreams to God. And even through the difficult times of wondering and questioning, he gave his dreams to God. And because of that, People were saved from a famine. People I'm sure came to hear about who Joseph was and his story. Can you imagine that guy telling you his story of what he went through and listening to me like, what, you went through all of that and you still trusted God with your dreams? I'm sure Joseph, if he was here today, would tell us, dare to dream. But make sure your dreams lines up with God's will. Make sure it lines up with the word of God and truth. Aren't you grateful that God does not give you everything you want or place you in a spot you aren't ready to steward? If you guys were at the place of your dreams, maybe that you wanted to be, maybe you feel, maybe where you even feel God's calling you. When I look at myself, for example, I'm gonna be real honest and transparent right now that if you would have put me up on this pulpit, maybe even like two years ago, year and a half ago, I would have done it for the wrong reasons. If I'm real and being honest, God worked on my heart so much 
to at the place where I don't need to be here unless God tells me to be here. I would love to see other people thrive in what he's called them to be. So I would rather someone come up here with me. I'd rather push them else up here. And it's not out of fear or discomfort. I love being up here. It's amazing. But I've realized the value and the importance that it's not about me. And it's so humbling to get to that place where God had to develop my character to realize it's an honor and a privilege to be up here. Don't abuse it. And I've had some humbling lessons and I had people talk to me and I've taken it, I've wrestled with it, I fought with it, but I came to the place where I'm like, God, it's so true. I'd way rather just be sitting there listening to someone else, you know, grow in their giftings, grow in their abilities. And that's what I love about youth and young adults is the ability to do that. And God has challenged me in that to humble me, to bring me down. To know, man, you're not the bee's knees. You're not the only one that can say words. And so I want to be there in the moment for each and every graduate in person is be in the moment and who God is calling to lead, open your ears up to, listen to them. I've learned so much from youth and young adults of just being present to the moment and hearing what they have to say because their voices are so precious and so valuable and you learn so much, but we miss it so many times because we think, hey, you're young. We miss it so many times because we're like, we're busy. We don't have time. We need to make time for things that are important. This is a call to all of us. So I want to end with this. Um, Going into the next segment, um, we have a video that we are going to play, um, and then we're going to call up some graduates. So you can play the video at this time. Don't worry. This is just a stage you're going through. This stage changes us. Children walk up to it and proud men and women walk down. You'll be different tomorrow. You'll be different after you shake the hand and take the photo. You'll be different when you see your name on the paper. This stage is not for sitting idle. It does not entertain apathy. This stage is for going and growing, for moving and maturing and rising, for becoming and expanding and thriving. This stage runs, it does not walk. It pursues, it does not tarry. It transforms, it does not shrivel. It rewards, it does not withhold. It begins and it does not end until you hear the words, well done. You'll turn the tassel, you'll throw your hat and then you will shine so go go and shine walk that stage and shine to the cheers walk that stage and shine back at your fears walk that stage and shine to the voices that said you couldn't do it and walk that stage and shine to god who saw you through it because remember it was only by his grace that you could do it So walk that stage and claim your voice. Grab that mic, speak louder than the noise. Check, check one. We are waiting, waiting to hear what you have to say. Amen, amen. All right, can I have everyone rise for me? Stand up, please. Thank you. Can we uh, cue our music? I did it this time. All right, cool. 
Can I have all of our graduates, you know, from grade 12 and then our college university graduates, everyone come on stage. Everyone come up. If you are graduating, come on up and let's go. Come on. You guys are just staying back there, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Can we just take a moment, just uh, literally just honor, look at these faces on stage, you know, so many different faces, so many different stories, and it's so amazing to see, you know, it's incredible the young people that we have in this house, but we just celebrate you guys. Thank you, you know, for being you. Thank you for, you know, working tirelessly through some tough times, right? To get to this place, to be here. And like, so we don't take this lightly. This is huge for you guys, each and every person here. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for those times where maybe you didn't want to go to school. Maybe you didn't want to do your projects. Maybe you didn't want to do whatever, but thank you for completing them. Thank you for pushing through every single obstacle, you know, that was thrown at you and you know the difficulties, you know the challenges, but you're here, you made it. And this is the thing is that the best is still ahead. This is just the beginning, amen church? This is just the beginning, so thank you. Please join us in prayer as we declare God's word over them. Before you were even formed, God knew you. While in your mother's room, God named you. At your birth, God's breath filled you with life. Today, we celebrate what you have become at this moment in time. And so we pray, God of our beginnings, we thank you for the gifts of these graduates, their excitement, their awesome wonder and curiosity, their open speech and encouraging words. Their contributions have blessed and challenged us, and we have become a richer and more diverse community because of them. As they step forward into the world that awaits, comfort their fears with the full knowledge of your divine presence. Strengthen their resolve to walk in the footsteps of Jesus as modern-day disciples in a world that needs their spirit. Guide their feet as they move through life, protecting them from the pitfalls of darkness while they help to lead future generations into the warmth and promise of your light. We ask this blessing upon each of them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, if we could all pray the blessing over the students together. You slide. You slide. <laughs> All right, there we go. May the Lord bless you and, and protect, protect you. May the Lord, Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. you. May the Lord, Lord show, show his, his favor his and give you his, his peace. Amen. 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 We're going to take a time to do some communion now with all our graduates up here. You guys can all take one. Hello. 
Good morning, good morning. Um, I just believe that I need to release something prophetically over you guys right now. And um, I have to um, ask the Holy Spirit for forgiveness because I should have did it during worship. And because I really felt it really strongly over the youth as they were singing. And it's the, they sang it today in worship. And it talked about how in the song it said, when I lift my voice and shout, miracles come are breaking out. You have the authority that Jesus has given you. And I want to admonish all of you young people right now. Silence is agreement. If you don't speak out and say what Jesus Christ has given you to say and the breath of God and the life of God that he's given you and he's told you to speak out and say something, then you're agreeing with what the world is doing. Evil prevails when good people do nothing. You are our future. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when the worship band, when the youth were singing today and they were saying, when I lift my voice and shout, miracles are breaking out. When I lift my voice and shout, strongholds come crashing down. When I lift my voice and shout, every chain is broken in Jesus' name. When I lift my voice and shout, I have the mind of Christ. Oppression cannot hold you. Fear cannot take over your life. When I lift my voice and shout, Mm. In Jesus' name, use the breath of God that he's given you to speak what he tells you to speak. Do what he tells you to do. Go where he tells you to go. And do not look at yourself and your age or how young you are or whatever it is that the world says that should define what you can and can't do. Jesus is the one who will define what you will do. He is the one. Apart from him, you will do nothing. Stay close to him. Abide in him. And you will do what he's called you to do. And I want to encourage you, really take to heart what Mitch had to say this morning. I believe that that was a true on-time word from God for you guys today. Don't neglect. Do not forget that God is preparing you for what he already has prepared for you. The character you need, the strength that you need, what God is given you to do in your life, everything is in his time. Everything. And I'll tell you something, you know, Mitch talked about, he said in his message, you know, that cupbearer, two years he had to wait, two more years he had to wait in prison. I believe when I studied the scripture too, that that was a divine delay. Because in the most prophetic and appointed moment in Egypt's life, in that moment for that nation. 
in an instant. Remember, everything that God does through you, it's not supposed to point to you. Who is it supposed to point to? It's supposed to point to him. To him. In that moment that Joseph rose to that occasion in an instant, literally in, an in, in, in that, right in that moment. It took many years, but in that moment, that brought all the glory to God. All the glory to God because it's nothing Joseph could have done. But it's God's perfect timing. If you don't wait on God, it will be your greatest regret in life. Not waiting on what God has for you. Even though sometimes in the waiting, it's hard. So let me encourage you today to lift your voice for Jesus. To speak up for him. Don't be silent. Because what you have to say is important. Let Jesus define you. Let him shape you. Let him do the things in your life that he wants to do because everything that he's doing is for your good. And the awesome thing is it's not just for your good. It's always for somebody else's good and then for their good and their good because everything that Jesus does with him is all eternal. It doesn't stop. It keeps bringing life and giving life everywhere that it goes. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, let's um, enter into communion. God, I just thank you. Thank you for that word, Pastor Mary. That was so good. God, I just thank you for every single person, you know, in the sound of my voice that's graduating. You know, for those that even didn't come on stage, but I know they're out there. Um, I could call you by name even. Um, but God, I just thank you um, for those um, in the sound of my voice, I thank you that you are a good father. I thank you, Jesus, that you are who you say you are. I thank you, Jesus, for the lives of each and every person, Father God, who graduated. I thank you, Jesus, that you have so much more in store for them. And I pray that, Father God, this moment here would be a defining moment when they real, where they realize, Father God, that their voice has power, that their voice the enemy can't stop what God has given them, what he's placed inside of their hearts. And even though we make mistakes, I thank you, Father, that where you're showing them their identity so that they, when they make mistakes, they don't crumble and fall. But Father, they get back up and they say, God, I, I'm sorry and I'm getting back and I'm trusting you with my whole life. I thank you, Jesus, for your, your body that was broken, that was bruised, that was beaten and the significance, God. God, it's, it's so humbling. And I thank you for your life and that you paved the way, you made the greatest sacrifice of all. And Father God, we're gonna go through things, but Father, it's nothing compared to what you went through. And Father God, we have you to do it with. So I thank you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. God, I just thank you for your blood that was spilled. I thank you so much, God, for your transforming blood that, you know, God, you gave us so much more than salvation. You could have stopped at the bare minimum, but that's not who you are. I thank you that there's healing tied with salvation, that it goes together. By your stripes, Jesus, we were made whole. We were set free. So I thank you, Jesus, for all those in the sound of my voice right now and for the graduates on stage, 
for those dealing with all sorts of different mental health issues and challenges, Father God, I thank you that you are the healer. I thank you that you are the restorer. I thank you that you're bringing families back together. I thank you that you're healing minds of anxiety and depression, of suicidal thoughts. God, I thank you that you're bringing back into alignment your children, where they're realizing their identity in you and the victory that they have because you have already conquered death. So Jesus, I thank you for your healing and transformative power that's flowing inside of them. And I thank you each and every day they would remind themselves and wake up, Father God, and dare to dream, dare to trust you to step out. Even when they've been hurt before, even when they've been scared, even when it hasn't made sense, God, that they can trust you with their whole life. I pray, Jesus, right now, at this each and every step that they take, Father God, would not be by themselves, but they would trust you. They would surrender all. And I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for them and how vital they are. I thank you, Father God, for the treasures that they are. The treasures. They're beautiful, they're precious, they're valued, Father God, and their voice is so needed in a world that is so twisted today. And I thank you, Father God, that you have placed them right where they are for a reason. You're opening doors that no man can shut. And I thank you, God, for what lies ahead. The best is yet to come in the name of Jesus. Now we're going to have a time where the elders are going to pray for the graduates. Church is officially dismissed. WCF, you've been equipped. Go be the church. Amen. You guys can all just come along this side.